This week's Pilch Point with Abram Pilch is proudly powered by Newegg.com. No matter what parts you're looking for uh, to build your next computer or to fix what you have or to enhance an existing computer, Newegg uh, will have it and oftentimes has the best price on it. Whether you're looking to build a PC from scratch or you're wanting to put a, a new SSD in an aging laptop or enhance the RAM in your current computer, uh, Newegg is a great place to, uh, to find those parts. And you can uh, follow their deals, which I know they run all kinds of deals right now. Um, they've got a really great Corsair uh, power supply on sale today, a fully built gaming PC, and a 27-inch, uh, one millisecond uh, computer monitor from Acer for 159 bucks, which is actually a pretty great deal. I might add them to the studio. Anyway, to find out those deals and all the other ones that are going on and to explore their lineup, you can go to pilchpoint.live slash newegg. So, Abram, we, uh, this has been an interesting week for, uh, for some gaming law, right? Yes. So, I uh, wanted to talk about a story that was fairly big this week. Uh, my, our uh, senior editor at Tom's Hardware, Sharon Harding, wrote a great story about about uh, why downloading downloading ROMs, uh, the legality of downloading ROMs. So, uh, this week, if you would uh, keep it up with lawsuit news or Nintendo news, uh, Nintendo sued. Uh, a couple of ROM, a couple of major ROM sites, uh, for a hundred ROM downloading sites for like a hundred and fifty thousand dollars an incident, or I guess a title, right? So mm -hmm. like, you know, millions and millions of dollars, let's say, enough to to bankrupt them. Um, and uh, you know, obviously that that brings up the question once again: Are what is the legal standing of of ROMs? Now, just in case there are folks listening who don't know what we're talking about when I say a ROM, um, so the traditional definition of the word ROM means read-only memory, and you know there's ROM on your computer and all that. But what ROMs are in this context is they're RIPs, files, software that represent that represents an old game cartridge or an old game disc. So, um, you know, let's say you want to play original Super NES. There may be, there will be a site out there. There are sites out there that have not only uh, ROMs, ROM files of all the games that were ever made, but also a little emulator so you can play them on your window in a window on your Windows PC. Or in a lot of cases, you can even play them on a Raspberry Pi with an emulator, mm -hmm. or you could play them on um, on your phone with an emulator. Um, and as, speaking of the Raspberry Pi one, there's, you know, that's a very common use case of, of Raspberry Pi. Like, uh -huh. there, there are companies that actually sell controllers and cases to make your Raspberry Pi look like an old Nintendo. Uh -huh. So, uh, and it's not just Nintendo, I should point out. Nintendo made the news for suing folks this week, but uh, old arcade games, you know, that were in the arcade in the, in the 80s, early 80s and the 90s yep uh you can get atari intellivision ColecoVision, i'm sure sega genesis uh old 
old uh, old game systems. Uh, you can you can get those games and downloading them is is you know these sites are hosting them for free. So uh, Sharon talked to a number of um, to a number of law- intellectual property lawyers and to the Electronic Frontier Foundation, and the consensus is yes, it is illegal to ho- to host these files, and it's also illegal to download them, even if you own the cartridge. Somewhere in your basement, you still have that cartridge of Atari ET, uh, you st- and you want to play it on your PC. You you cannot go. Well, you can, and you probably won't get punished for it. But technically speaking, it is it, it is illegal. It is it, it is probably unless that content has entered the public domain, which uh, newsflash, no. Almost no video game has is in the public domain. Even the things from the '70s are still are still uh, under copyright law. Unless um, uh, unless a developer has made it open source or public or you know there right there are exceptions, but anything that was under copyright is still that. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, I think what the lawyers said: people who are playing uh, you know games in the '80s will be in their '70s before they become public domain. So it's, uh, you know, so on the other hand, downloading them, uh, it's no one, no one we spoke to could, could come up with a case of somebody actually being sued for downloading. They were sued for sharing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it's always it's, the hosts that are gone are after. Gonna, yes. But if you want to know whether what you're doing is actually legal or not, uh, the general consensus is that it's not. Even if you own the cartridge. Now, if you own the cartridge and you can somehow back it up yourself onto your onto your computer, that may be, you know, uh, legal, depending on whether or not it's legal to defeat the copy protection if there is some. Mm. But um, but uh, to download somebody else's copy of the game, even if you own it, uh, is not technically legal. Now that may, like I said, be an academic question, because there, you know, no one we talked to could think of an incident where someone was actually sued just for downloading stuff. But, you know, it's definitely something that, you know, one would consider problematic. So if you were, um, I don't know, running a school network or something, and you saw people downloading a lot of ROMs, you might be concerned because they're downloading illegal stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, fair enough. But uh, so I encourage everybody to to really you know get the, to get some more details on this. Definitely check out the article, which is on the homepage of Tom'sHardware.com right now. Uh, it goes into a lot more detail about about what is and is not legal from a ROM perspective. Uh, but uh, you know, obviously, the ROMs will will continue. <laughs> uh, but it's uh, it's definitely. It's definitely intellectual property. So the thing, the thing that I found most interesting about this, and I love, I love that, uh, that you guys went out and like approached uh, legal experts. Um, the thing that I found interesting about all this was that it was such a change in policy for Nintendo. Now, Nintendo has always been um, aggressive. Um, 
legally about a lot of things, fan art, ROMs, like they're, they are using music in Twitch streams that aren't of their games, like all kinds of like they're super aggressive legally. Um, but when it comes to ROMs, they normally in the past have only sent cease and desists and what happened this week was the companies that had recently received cease and desists received letters saying, um, you can go ahead and ignore those cease and desist letters. Uh, instead, we're filing suit, which is like a huge change of policy for the company. And I guess I guess they've decided that they are uh, they're going to be like Rhea and they're going to actually start going for it or maybe maybe. They had sent cease and desists before, and the industry had decided they were never going to act on them, so they decided to change minds. I don't know. but Well, let's put this another way, though, right? Like, uh, not, to, not to, you know, always take the side of the, you know, the big business here, but they, they still sell these games. Like... They yes. sell the SNES Classic and make money off of it. Yes, and they they've got the they've got the eShops on the consoles. And there, I think some of these are now available on other platforms, mm-hmm. right? So Nintendo is still like, it's not like they have no plans to ever sell these games and make money off of them again, and they're just hoarding the resource for at a prince on the principle of it. Mm-hmm. Like they are selling these games. Uh, you know, by the same token, like there, there is somebody still selling, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that you can buy, you know, that you can get in various app stores, you can get new versions of what, whatever, like, mm-hmm. so, you know, I, I think some of the arguments have been like, oh, well, I'm just downloading this because I can't pay for it. But in a lot of cases, you can pay for it, mm-hmm. although maybe not in the format that you would like, you know, maybe... Right. Maybe, for example, like I would really like to play Dig Dug again, but they don't make it for Android. But I think they do make it for iOS or something like that. Right, so, right. You know, so there, so I get it that there's like, you know, you can't always get what get what you want how you want it. But like, you know, these companies are making real money off of these games. Mm-hmm. They're valuable intellectual property that they're still using. So they kind of have to protect their IP. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, you mentioned the NES and SNES, SNES Classic, and then they also, you know, licensed the games to other uh, hardware manufacturers that produce virtual console things. Um, yeah, there, there's lots of ways that these properties continue to be monetized today, and to allow this would certainly make the value of those properties less. Yeah. Now, of course, even when there's something where I can't name a game off the top of my head where the company that made it is long defunct and uh, is long ago defunct, mm-hmm. they you know, like a really old arcade game from 1982 by, I don't know, Valley Midway, or they still exist. I don't know. Anyway, really old, you know, those things are probably, those rights have probably been sold to somebody. Absolutely. The chances, the chances of, of something like that just slipping from time are so slim. You know, when when a company goes 
goes out, somebody waits until the value of the company is low and buys the assets out from under it. For these reasons in particular, I mean, the company that we call Atari today is not the company that was Atari. It was a company that literally bought the assets from the original Atari uh, out of closure. So, and by the way, um, Atari is doing, has a really cool throwback console and uh, so does Commodore. I heard about the Commodore one. I had the Atari, I hope they've improved it since. I had the, what was it called? The flashback. Uh huh. My, my wife got it for me one year for Christmas and it was so bad that we had to return it after a day because Ooh. it came with a controller that was infrared. So what? like, yes, infrared, like your remote control. So, so like you just, you couldn't use it. It was like unplayable and, and, uh, you know, I, I hope that it's gotten better since then. That was like two years ago. Um, so, but you know, the other problem that I had with it anyway, was all the games were Atari brand games, no Activision games or anything like uh -huh. that. Yeah. They were basically just the, just the old numbered cartridges. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, well, Avram, thank you for uh, bringing this topic. Cause, uh, it was one that I found interesting this week and, uh, I decided not to cover because of the one that we're going to talk about in just a minute. So uh, it was between the two. So I'm glad that we were able to talk about this. And I'm really glad that uh, that your team like went to the went to the extreme to go like contact legal experts for for their positions. And uh, you said that was on Tom's hardware right now. Yes. Yes. Uh, so, you know, our new senior editor has been with us about a month. Sharon Harding really is good at doing these sort of feature reports. And when we give her assignment like this, it's like, boom, she she always gets like really good, uh, you know, sources on the phone and whatever. And what I really wanted to do when we were talking about the story is like, let's get to the truth about this, because there's a mm -hmm. lot of a lot of rumors out there. Uh -huh. People saying things are legal that probably aren't. And so uh, we went to the you know, we went to people who know about it. That's uh, that's awesome. Well, we always appreciate the stories you bring and the the detail that you brought on this one. Uh Thank you for that.